0: you may be the only Jesus your co-workers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks paycheck so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith you think welcome to the I work Ram zone I hope you're never the same Today we're talking about taking our faith public. We've got Todd Hopkins, CEO of Office Pride, in studio today. We're talking about him taking his faith public and writing a book about it. Todd, welcome to the I Work for Him Show. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. It is great to have you along, and it's also great to have my wife Martha alongside. I'm excited to hear about how God has been working in your workplace because it is you. know, I've heard about you over the last several years. One of your uh, franchisees was Owen Hyde, and he, Owen Hyde, and he told me all about you several years ago when i met him and he always talked about what a great guy you were and then when you sucked him into your headquarters and pulled him out of our chamber because you saw something in him i saw i'm like wow and then i lost touch with him and then when i met you at the mayor's prayer breakfast in may I like, this is fantastic i want to get you on the show everybody said you got to get todd hopkins on the show you got to get todd hopkins <laughs> so it's it, it's your world famous apparently
1: hey it's great it's great to be here so uh, oh yeah olin is uh fantastic we're We're really happy to have him on our corporate staff.
0: I got a chance to read your book a couple of weekends ago, Five Wisdoms for Entrepreneur Survival. And I want to talk about that today. But before we get started with that, I really want you got anybody you want to say hi to on the radio waves? Anybody out there listening that you want to say hi to? Uh, well, I'd like to make a big
1: shout out to all of our franchisees. We sent them the link, you know, because you can log into the, uh, listen to the show anywhere in the in the country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we have 120 franchisees out there, and hopefully all those guys are uh, listening in. So, I'd like to say hello to all you guys. Proud of you. And also to my uh, wife, Michelle. So, we, we'll be celebrating 25 years next year.
0: Congratulations. And, uh, so, we're more in love now than ever. And, Absolutely. Uh, Martha and I just celebrated 28. It gets better and better. Yeah, it does. it's <laughs> Especially after you get these kids a little more grown, that gets a little easier, too, it seems like. Yes, it does. All right. <laughs> list, listeners out there listen on the radio or on, your, uh, on the TV? On the TV. Well, if you've got a smart TV, you can be listening on the TV. Right. On your computer, on your phone. If you'd like to participate in today's discussion, you can absolutely give a call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. All right. Todd, before we get started about our discussion of taking our public faith, talk about how Christ has impacted your life. Oh, wow. Christ impacted my life in
1: i mean, every possible way. First of all, just uh, when he saved me. So now I know that I have an eternity in heaven and really has given me purpose. Hmm. I couldn't imagine living life without Christ. And, uh, and then, of course, you apply that to every area, whether it's marriage or work you know, all the different categories of life, Christ just makes it better because he gives us purpose. And uh, so I don't know how specific you want me to get, but.
0: No, I just want, you mean, know, a lot of times people give highlights of just, hey, how Christ has impacted your life. I thought you made a comment great before the show started. It's like, you grew up in Western Tennessee. Yep. But you didn't come to Christ until you left western Tennessee. And everybody thinks, well, Tennessee, there's, there's little brick churches everywhere in Tennessee with little white steeples yes. and a cross at the top of the steeple. Yet, you had to leave Tennessee to find Christ. Well, I grew up in one of those churches, uh, and it was a, a great little church.
1: And they may have been talking about Christ, but I just wasn't hearing it. I wasn't hearing about the personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So it wasn't until I actually moved up to Indiana, and I had another business guy uh, that I, I ran into and uh, invited me to church. I knew church was a good thing, so I started going to church. And this uh, church, they talked about personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I was really hearing that for the first time. And and you know, as I, I saw those people had something different. I mean, they had a real joy in their life, and I wanted that. So uh, you know, I started exploring and and doing my research, and I wanted to try to prove I already had it. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, after a period of time, I I realized I just needed to get down on my knees and pray and ask Christ into my heart. So you and Michelle and the kids moved to Indianapolis. What year did you move up there? Uh, We were up there in uh, uh, 19—I moved up there in 1988. I met her in Indiana. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. Did you meet her at that church? Uh, No, uh, we met—she started going to the church with me after we met, and then uh, we got married in 1990.
0: That's where you're heading onto that 25 years. That's very yeah. nice. There yeah. you go.
2: The math works. <laughs> it does. It does. You
0: were doing totally in his head. Todd was looking up on, at his head, going, "Does that work? Does put that put right me on right? the spot here?" <laughs> That's right. That's right. And Michelle's listening to make sure that you get the anniversary date right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Listen, I got a chance to read your book, and and it, the whole book is about taking your faith public. Because really, what you did is you wrote your heart story on how God laid the vision of your business on your heart but then how you struggled to get it in place and get it going and really trust in him for those details but you really it appears that there's no problem sharing your faith in this book was it always so easy for you sharing your faith
1: well i had a good teacher i uh i mean right from the beginning i was so excited about what Christ was doing in my life, and the peace has given me that it only makes sense to start to share it. So I was really kind of like the blind man. I didn't know much about sharing my faith. I was, and I remember flying down to Houston and, and going to a ball game with one of my friends. And he'd never, I, I was telling him about this new relationship I had with Christ. And he said, Look, Todd, God wouldn't want me. I've never stepped foot in a church before. And, uh, and I, I really didn't know how to explain it. I, all I know is the blind man. And he said, I, I was blind, but now I can see. And I just kept telling him, you should give it a, a chance. Now, that guy is actually, uh, he ran into somebody who led him to the Lord. He ended up going to seminary and becoming a pastor. Awesome. So um, um, it, I, I've just always loved
0: to share my faith.
1: You know, if that's what God's asked me to do, I feel like that's what I should do.
0: Well, and that's one of the things we talk to, uh, to people on the in the audience. Wow. And a listening audience we have every day. We talk about how we don't need to argue people into christ we need to just share from a heart of what christ has done and martha you work in a christian bookstore environment so you just i mean a lot of people just assume all of your customers are already christ followers but that's not the case
2: that's not the case and we never know who the people that we come in contact with through our business or vendors or customers uh, what they're going through and uh, where they're out in their their journey towards a relationship with jesus christ
0: yeah, and, it's, and and I've been in the sales world all of my life, and it's you just never know. You get a lot of people, I guess the freakiest people for me, one of the reasons why I have this vision for I Work For Him is all the, the people that I'd done business with up until 2009 were, if any of them had said they were a Christian— Hey, do business with me. I'm a Christian. Those are the people I lost the most money to. And that was a huge pet peeve for me. They probably weren't really Christ followers. They were people using that to gain business. But it was, it was then that I saw how much my faith was very different on Sunday than it was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That I didn't know how to incorporate Christ into my workplace. And that's what, that's what God was working on in my life. So, you know, running a, running a business is no easy job. Yeah. You seem pretty relaxed. And, and, you know, you've been on the radio before. You, th- you said that was good. You, how did you get to the place of being relaxed as a CEO? Because you talk in your book about some of those stressful beginning years. Oh, yeah. How, how did you get to be relaxed as a CEO? Well,
1: I, I tell you, the, the way I look at it is God owns my business. So I'm just, I, my job is to be a good steward of it. And so when I'm having a, a tough day, I can kind of just throw my arms up in the air. I can look up to God and say, uh, "You know, God, all I'm trying to do is run this business, so and 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 do it in a way that honors you. What What do you want me to do?" And, and it really takes the pressure off. So I, I think one of the things that contributes to being relaxed is realizing that hey, God is ultimately in con- control. All I got to do is try to follow Him and and do my best at that, and and not try to control all the circumstances. My my job is to. React correctly to the circumstances.
0: Now, you mentioned in the book that you had a mentor that taught you these five wisdoms from entrepreneur survival. Is he also the one that taught you that God is in control, that God cares about those details of your business, and that you need to trust those with Him?
1: Uh, I, I think all those things just happen over time. You know, I, I've really had an opportunity to sit under some fantastic teaching pastors, and so. It's really hard to, to to say I would I would think I probably learn a little bit every month from from somebody and then over time that kind of meshes together into uh, you know the relationship I have now with the Lord.
0: So you're consistently hearing that on Sunday mornings that you need to be taking your faith into the workplace that that's part of your mission field?
1: Well, I don't. I don't know that I hear that specifically on Sunday mornings. <laughs> but you know, the word is so alive. If you do, I want to start going to your church. Hey, the word is alive. So uh, we we go into uh, and we hear the word of God, or go in reading the word. I mean, it's and we have questions or burdens, and we ask God to provide those answers to us. I believe He'll do it. And whether it's through reading the word or even listen to a pastor, I went to Promise Keepers one time, and and I'll, I'll never forget the uh, the message. I kept hearing it seemed like from every speaker. I thought there was this big theme going on. About about loving your wife and and, uh, uh, serving your wife like Christ served the church and all these things. And then I get to church and I talk to the rest of the guys in my group and and they heard something completely different. (laughs) So it's like God's, I felt like God spoke to me right where I was and, and what I needed to be doing at that time. and. I think God will do that
0: with any of us. And he repeated the message, repeated the message, repeated the message make sure that you heard it. Over and over again. The whole theme of this week is all about taking our faith public in our workplace. Yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about the the most difficult place in the world to take your faith public, and that was you know, we ranked the number one Washington, D.C. We had Representative David Jolly on the show talking about how tough it would be to maintain consistency in your faith up there. But we also talked about some other really difficult places, but you run your own business, and sometimes, well, I I know if you had a general discussion, and you had 10 Christians sitting around the table, Martha, these what this is what they would say. They would say, you can't run a business by Christian principles, you'll never make it any money. I mean, have you ever heard people say
2: that? Yeah, a lot of time people think that's going to cut into their bottom line because people maybe won't do business with them or will think it should be cheaper for whatever reason, you know, or uh, something like that, that they have a stereotype in their mind.
0: Or that making money is not a biblical thing. Right. You know, and they, that means they need to read the story of Jacob. I mean, he was a shepherd, and that boy multiplied sheep all the time. They were all they're always going to the feeding trough and, you know, meeting up with somebody. So, all right, Todd, you've you've got this business. You've set it up. What what prompted you to start an office cleaning business? Why'd you do it?
1: Well, I, I always wanted to have my own business, and uh, during the my MBA class at uh, Butler University, uh, there was a lady in there that had a cleaning business. And as I was hearing her tell stories about that, that business, I kept thinking how I would do it a little differently if I were her. And, and next thing you know, she decided to close up shop, and I bought all her used equipment out of her garage for 800 bucks. <laughs> and I was in business. And I started kind of my dream business with a goal to franchise it, and it just kind of grew from there. God really blessed
0: it. And who prompted you to write the book? I mean, what, what gave you that I mean, you wrote, this book is excellent. Who prompted you to write the book? Well, I had used to have people that would come and, and we would
1: talk, and it'd be a lot of young guys, people starting businesses, and and I would share with them my thoughts and ideas. I I'd try to help them, and it seems like a year later they would close or they would give up, and I I kept thinking it seems like most people that start a business give up too soon, and, and I, it's tough. I always had a dream of writing a book, and I just decided to focus on that. Why, why is it that most people that start a business uh, give up too soon? And so every chapter in the book is is different uh, tips and ways to look at the business and and, and how to succeed in it, and how to honor God with the business. So it's it's kind of a lot of practical experience and biblical perspective on, on business and not giving up.
0: Well, and it's time for our book highlight. On a weekly basis, I choose a book that I believe will deepen the impact of Uh, that Christ is making on your life and I try to choose books that will specifically encourage you in making your faith public in your workplace. This section is sponsored as always by the Karis Christian Books and Gifts Store. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for over 29 years. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Ulmerton Road in Largo. Their 2400 square foot store is open to the public 7 days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com. That's shop C-H-A-R-I-S dot com all right, every Monday we give away a gift card to Kara's Christian Books and Gifts, but yesterday we didn't. But we will give that away on Thursday. Today, we're going to give away the book that we're highlighting, and that's the book by his very own CEO and founder, Todd Hopkins, who wrote the book Five Wisdoms for Entrepreneur Survival. I read this book about two weeks ago. It's got many chapters, just very practical insights from Todd's heart to yours. Uh, Not giving up too soon. And then five wisdoms. The things that very much that you need to plug into as your business is going to survive. Number one, saying do what you say you're going to do. Number two, do a lot of networking. Number three, accountability, accountability, accountability. You got to have people holding you accountable. Number four, don't try selling something if you're not in front of the decision makers. You got to get in front of the decision makers. And number five, if you're going to be in a sales business, which all businesses are involved in selling something, you got to be able to ask for the money. So I encourage you to read the book, Five Wisdoms for Entrepreneur Survival, and don't wait for the movie. Read the book! Don't wait for the movie! Read the book! All right, Todd. That was your plug. I hope you enjoyed that one. I that's pretty good stuff. Yeah, you liked it. Now that song is was is from the eighties by a favorite, one of my favorite groups in the eighties called Whiteheart, and I never forgot that because it was all about the Bible. Read the Bible. Don't wait for the movie. And then, of course, they've come out with many Bible movies, but they can't really encompass it all. Yep. Even the Bible miniseries didn't do it. But yeah, anyway, so okay. So, so back to your business. Your uh, you've got your business is a franchise model. Okay, Martha. Maybe you should consider franchising Karis.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. I think I should read his book. First. Yeah, maybe you should.
0: <laughs> all right, maybe First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks wants to do that. Okay, so you your go. business is a franchise model. Do all your franchisees have to be a Christ follower in order to buy in?
1: Not, the, the franchisees are not required to be a, a Christian in order to become a franchisee. They are required to be committed to honesty, integrity, and hard work. Definitely, uh, the culture uh, attracts A lot of believers. And when we have our conferences, it's like a big fellowship, really, or our annual uh, franchise owners retreat. We usually have uh, Christian speakers and devotionals and things like that. So our franchise owners are attracted to that, but uh, Mm -hmm. we certainly have some franchise owners who are not,
0: and they fit right in. And they don't have a problem with it. But they know how you stand when you're going, when they're going through that grueling franchise process, which is not just for anybody, because buying a franchise model means you're going to go do something the way somebody else designed it. You don't get a lot of that personal freedom to do it your way. Is that true?
1: Well, they, absolutely, that's part of why, why uh, somebody chooses a franchise, for the learning curve, you know, just save, it save saves a ton of money, money trying to figure yeah. things out yourself and get to where you want to go quicker, and, and then all the
0: other benefits, I mean, there's a you know giant list of benefits. Well, I think one of the biggest benefits would be somebody else has done it, knows how to do it, knows how to be successful, you can learn from them. And oh, absolutely. That, that's so huge. Uh, I, I, wish there were, yeah, I wish somebody had done an I Work for Him show, so I knew exactly how to do this, but I guess we're going to just forge ahead. All right, so... You've got franchisees that are not Christ followers yet they know what they're buying into. In fact, your office pride standard of work eth- standards of work ethic. The number one standard of work ethic is what?
1: Well, honor God. So honor what we God. call this is a test. Yeah. All of a sudden, you hesitate, like,
0: no, honor God. Absolutely, it's right there. It's on yeah, your web page. Yeah.
1: So we we call we have those lists as core values. I like to call them decision filters. So we we look oh, at I those like that. those oh. core values. In fact, I was thinking about calling them decision filters, but. Uh, Some people say that, well, people won't know what you're talking about. But, you know, we look at our uh, core beliefs and values, and we should filter all of our decisions through that. Does it honor God? you know, always do what's right? Uh, Is it increasing brand value? So the list goes on. We have eight of them there. And really, all the decisions we make ought to filter through that. And if it passes that, then, hey, let's do it.
2: I know I was really impressed when I was looking at your website. um, I saw things like honoring God, um, integrity, honesty, Mm -hmm. those uh, values throughout your website unashamedly, and I I was really drawn in by that.
1: Sure. Well, when you, we're in a customer service business, so persevere with a servant's attitude. That's mm-hmm. that's critical. Accountability to commitments. Uh, we're expecting that. Our customers expect that from us. And you know, uh, God's word has a lot to say about how to run a business. And 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 really, uh, we you, you talk about trying to honor God with your business. I mean, if you're trying to go out there and grow your customer base or hire the right employee, wouldn't it only make sense to uh, tap into the God of the universe and pray for favor and wisdom as you're Mm -hmm. trying to make decisions? Because God's really the only one that knows what tomorrow holds, right? (laughs) That's right. And so for me, it only makes sense. I mean, I I think... uh, Praying for favor and wisdom should be a critical part of strategic planning, and and even every morning as you start your day, it just makes a lot of sense.
0: I loved, and that was, if anything stuck with me in your book, it was those three words, four words. pray pray for favor and wisdom five words okay (laughs) pray for favor and wisdom i loved that i have been praying that as martha and i have you know are growing this i work for him radio program to five days a week sometime by the fall that is exactly what we're not in this for stardom we don't that is not at all we'd like to just live quietly but pray for favor that we can make the impact and and So I love that. Pray for favor and wisdom. All right. So go back to this decision filter, because I think somebody led you wrong, because I think that is the most powerful thing I've heard. Well, good. I may change that. Mm -hmm. Decision filter. The
2: picture that I get in my mind from that is exactly what I think you're trying to portray. Mm -hmm. It's using that to filter every decision that you make. And I think what people are missing, because they can't see in the room, is that I'm guessing when you pulled out your business card, you actually have those on your business cards. Yeah, they're they're right right there on the back.
0: Pass them around. Let's see what what they look like. They're out there on the back. Yeah, right there on the back, core beliefs and values. I, I, I think you should change that to decision filters, because people will understand that. I mean, it's like a strainer. You shove a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff through the strainer, if it fits, then that filter's going to let it through. If it doesn't fit, eh, pfft. Flush it out yep. the door down the Amen. Honor God, always do what is right, increase brand value, demonstrate honesty, integrity, and a hard work ethic. Total customer satisfaction. Go the extra mile. Where'd you get that? Persevere with a servant's attitude, accountability to commitments. That's just mm-hmm. doing what you say you're gonna do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, oh, that is right in the back of a business card. You know, and, and that reminds me of another one of my favorite books called the business card written by dr steve steff wrote a book all about how a guy came to christ put his core values or his decision filters on the back of his card and it changed his life the life of all of his employees and his customers and impacted hundreds of thousands of people around the world it's unbelievable the back of your business card is impressive that is mm-hmm. really cool Powerful. What, what made you decide to do that to, to put them on the back of the card. yeah well
1: well what you read and keep in front of you all the time kind of helps remind you who you are and who you're supposed to be and so uh, I don't know. I never really thought of anything different to put on the back of the card other than the uh, core beliefs and values. I love that. that and is, is just... that
2: consistent across all your franchises? Or is it on their cards as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Everybody has
0: those sa- that same list on the back of their cards. Right. right before the bottom of the half hour, we started looking at your business card. And we really got into this great conversation about the core values, as you say, core beliefs and values. But really, you said this word, these are my decision filters. Mm-hmm. And I think those listeners are maybe just coming in right now at 5 30 saying okay this is i've never heard that before core values yeah i've heard that before yeah. never that's supposed to be what we're operating by but you said decision filters the significance of that why decision filters
1: well it was the best way to explain it uh, in franchise training when when we're teaching our franchisees why the core value beliefs and values are what they are we explain there are decision filters and then we go through each one and and help the uh, franchisees understand how to apply those to the business and help their business grow. And really, life is easier if we can focus on doing things for all the right reasons. You never have to be looking over (laughs) your shoulder.
2: Mm. And And, having a checklist that you can go back to and say, does this fit? Is this a good... Um, decision to make and yes or no.
1: Sure. And yeah, you know, I have a pastor one time he uh, he spoke from the pulpit and he said sometimes if you don't know what you should do, just know just do what you know to do. I mean in other words mm-hmm. let's keep it basic. Just do the right thing. So that's the reason that one's there. Always do the what is right. So if we're unsure of the official thing, hey it's not too hard to figure out what is the right thing to do. Let's 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 do right by our customer, by the employee by everybody who's under our influence.
0: Well, and you put in the book one of your five wisdoms is accountability. You know, If you can't really figure it out on your own and you go home to your wife or your your spouse in case it's the woman running the business, they go to their spouse and they ask that question. You still can't figure it out. Having that accountability, having a mentor person to be able to go to and ask that question is good to get that kind of – sometimes it's it's that whole Rehoboam thing, Solomon's son Rehoboam. If if, if he had just listened to the old guys – Israel wouldn't have never been broken up as a kingdom. Yeah, But he decided to listen to his buddies instead. Yeah, well, we actually put our
1: franchisees in peer groups. So, in fact, we had one this morning. So we had eight franchisees from around the country that met online this morning, actually moderated this group. We start with the devotional. We talked about uh, uh, Genesis and and how God actually put uh, Adam and Eve in the garden to work the garden and to take care of it. And we applied that to our business, you know, God, and, and He the garden was to be a blessing and provide for them. And so God blesses us with the business. Our job is to work it and take care of it, to be a good steward, to, to make sure we're doing our financial planning, all these things. So the the franchisees met together as a peer accountability group and talked about how do we honor God with our business. And then we get in and we start talking about Proverbs and diligent plans lead to profit and hasty decisions lead to poverty and all those kind of things it's it's all rock solid good business counsel Right there
0: in the Word of God. So really, putting Adam and in even charge of the garden, that was really like the first office cleaning job. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it could have been. Uh, well, I uh, mean, if you really... Had dirt, dirt floor they were, and everything. They, right. They had to, but they had to keep it... They were supposed to tend to the garden. Sure. Which, in a lot of ways, that's what you do. You're tending to people's office places.
1: Well, uh, and, and their job was to keep an eye on it. So the business application, we keep an eye on our business. But certainly, uh, as the customers keep an eye on their business, they'll outsource some of those responsibilities and... Hmm. The
0: one they outsource to us is to keep that baby clean. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's a lot of work down here in Florida because there's a lot of dust down here. I think it's interesting. We were talking off the off the air about why you moved from Indianapolis with Michelle and your family down to Florida. How many years ago did you move down here?
1: Oh wow, that was uh, 2000 and. Two, we moved to Pensacola, and we just moved and that's here. That's not Tampa really
0: Florida, you know that. I mean, it, I mean, yes, it says Florida, but it's really Alabama. I mean, that's about as far from here as you, you know, when you were in Indianapolis, that's almost like driving to Minneapolis. You know, from I mean, it's eight hours. Okay, so okay, but I'm yep. sorry, just yep. kidding yep. around. That's all right. Pensacola is still the South. We're it in, is. We're in the Midwest here in Central Florida.
1: Yeah, very we're,
2: confusing, and
1: we're enjoying it down here. And, you know, the the weather's beautiful and. The beaches of Pensacola are great, but no, you can't said eat that the
0: you said you moved down here. Uh, your wife had sinus issues. The whole salt air. Your doctor said get by the salt air. Is that what he told well, your wife? Uh, well, we were in uh, Indiana, and just the cold weather uh, mm-hmm.
1: can you know really do a number on your. Sinuses and, and it just made a lot of sense. And we, we like warm weather, so we, we got out of there. We love Indiana. We love the people. We, we just love everything about it. But the, uh, the weather was a little bit cold for us, so we moved south.
0: Mm. Yeah, we've driven through Indianapolis a lot of times back from here to go to Minnesota. But that's one of the reasons we moved down here. Martha's health in Minneapolis was a mess all the time. So the doctor said, we had this great little Jewish doctor. He delivered both of our children. And Martha started getting sick in the mid-'90s. And the doctor said, you need to move to Florida. It'll solve your sinus problems, and you're always cold all the time. It'll solve that problem, too. But you can move to Florida now, and your kids will be Floridians. Hey, or you can move to Florida, right. and your kids will be visitors. It's your choice, but you're going to move. That's what he said to us. God yeah. spoke to this little guy, Dr. Sobel. Thank you, Dr. Sobel. God spoke to you. <laughs> it was great. All right, so your office pride standard, again, your standard of ethics says it puts honor God at the top. Did you, always, did you start off that way? Did you start off with honoring God at the top of your business plan when you first put office pride into place?
1: Uh, well, I started the business in 1992, so I'm going to say yes to that question. Uh, but it was not until 1994 that I decided to uh, commit fully to God. So it was in 1992, I-, I wanted to honor God with the business, and I didn't have a problem turning over complete control of certain things to God, like finances. I didn't have a problem family a lot of those things. But the business was kind of still my baby, and I was afraid to uh, turn it over. I thought, well, God may close it down and send me on a mission trip or something. <laughs> so I, But well, I was at a Promise Keepers there uh, in 1994, and I just heard a clear message that God was saying, hey, I want you to trust me with your business. It's time to give me control. And, and, and quite frankly, the business wasn't going as well as it could have been, and I just uh, yielded control. And I said, God, I'm just going to honor you with it. I'm going to give you control. and Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And it, and if you want to close it, and send me to Africa or anywhere you want to send me, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. And it's like God just picked me up, turned me around, and set me back down in the same chair, and said, "Now let me show you what's possible with the business." And He just started sending us great people and um, customers, and you know, really just started bless the business. So I, I've just I've just come to learn that God can really guide and direct and lead this business a lot better than me i just need to try to keep my eyes on him
0: i I like to remind people that god cares about those very intimate details of our lives if we'll only let him get involved in those intimate details he is not a high level you know he's not a visionary without the practical application god cares about those intimate details of our lives from our personal lives to our family lives to our business lives to our spiritual lives All of that, he cares about those details, and it's super important. All right, you wrote this book, which, by the way, listeners, we still have got a copy of Todd's book, Five Wisdoms for Entrepreneur Survival. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929 to get your free copy. This book is outstanding, and if you're considering starting a new business... It's a must-have. Absolutely got to be part of your library. All right. So you wrote this book. It was a very fast read, very practical, very insightful. Why'd you write the book? Why'd you? I mean, you clean offices. Why'd you write a book? Well, it seems like the
1: reason why I was writing it in the beginning was because it was a dream for me, right? And I wanted to help people who were starting businesses I thought were giving up too soon. But it ended up being a, a great way to communicate our culture and who we are. So when people are looking at our franchise opportunity now, I can just send them a copy of the book, and they can get inside our head and in our heart, and hmm. they can make their decision. Hey, do I want to be a part of this this thinking and, and a way of doing business? So it's, it's tr- just turned out to be a, a great tool to communicate t- who we are to people who are thinking about joining our organization. and. You know, really, the Holy Spirit, it's amazing how uh, He connects the dots. And so all over the country, uh, you'll hear stories of people saying, Hey, I wasn't even, um, you know, never heard of Office Pride, but all of a sudden, there it was. and Or I found it on a search, or a friend told me about it. So I just believe God has just brought a, a whole bunch of wonderful people together. It's been a beautiful day.
0: Hmm, That's cool. Okay, so your premise behind this book is that a lot of people start businesses, and I've seen this so many different times as I work with small Christian small business owners. As they start a business, they go gung-ho, they make sales right away. It goes up, 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 and then all of a sudden, they realize they can't just focus on what they love to do. Now they have to start doing the things that they necessarily don't love to do, which is the accounting, the accounts payable, the accounts receivable, the collections. They've got to start doing the hiring, the firing. they got to do all this stuff. And the business model starts to fail, and, and, and it gets difficult, and, and all along you've got to stretch out this cash flow because at first you can't afford to hire other people. Mm-hmm. And so you get to that point where it gets you really need somebody else, but the business starts, it's either going to fail or you're going to succeed, and it's based on taking that next step of faith, and it's such a huge step of faith. But you're saying people give up too soon. What's the indicator that they're giving up too soon? Well, I, I, one
1: people give up too soon because they enter into it with wrong expectations. They they think, you know, hey, I'm going to start a business and uh, uh, work less, make more, finally get the respect I deserve, which is the wrong wrong reason to get in business. Right? You start out, you really work more, make less, and you earn your way to get to that point where you can. Um, work less and make more. I
0: love that way. So, so you go into business so you can work more and make less. I like that. That's good. <laughs>
1: yep. That's and a lot of people think that. And then and then also I think they don't understand what sacrifice really is because mm. you you got to give up a family vacation and some different things that first year to really kind of make things work. And then I think a big reason they they give up too soon is they forget their vision. Mm. They forget why they're doing this in the first place. I mean I remember out there cleaning office buildings. In the early go, and I, I would be up at midnight mopping a floor, but I never saw myself mopping a floor. I always viewed myself as building a business. So I, I have my
0: focus on the, the future, on the vision. And that's the, at midnight with a dirty bucket of mop water, that's probably sometimes a challenge for some people to do. But it is, when you're serving people, if you can keep that perspective. I love that. Okay, so people give up because they have unrealistic expectations, and they forget their vision. I love that. That just puts it in such perspective, because starting a business is not for the faint of heart. Todd, I want to talk about, you you told me something when I was first talking on the phone of an amazing thing you witnessed at one of your franchise meetings. Talk about it.
1: Well, we were just... uh Talking about how God works sometimes at these meetings and actually through the franchisees. So, we had had a, a, a fantastic franchise owners retreat and we had a, a great evening of a, a dinner, an awards dinner, and some worship time. I think we had a Christian comedian uh, there for entertainment. But afterwards, uh, I was walking through the uh, hotel lobby, and it was one of those big domes and had a lot of nice areas where you could sit around, and I noticed there was three franchise couples sitting up, and they were engaged in a real serious conversation. It was like 11 o'clock at night, and I'm thinking, man, you know, there must be a problem. So I, I uh, kind of snuck around, and I thought, I don't want to get sucked into uh, to a problem at 11 o'clock at night. and and I go on and start hanging out with a few of the other franchisees. And the next thing you know, uh, one of the franchise couples comes up to me and, and said, uh, Hey, in the morning when we do the devotional, can we have a baptism? Uh, uh, yeah, Larry and Donna just prayed and received Christ as their Lord and Savior. So what was going on is is there were certain things said in our, our meeting. It triggered some interest, and two franchise couples led another franchise couple to the Lord right there at the uh, retreat. And and they wanted to get baptized. And so uh, the next morning we had uh, devotional time. And there was a small group of us, only like 15 or 20 of us at the time. So this has been a while. And then we decided to uh, go to the swimming pool there in the um, uh, the center of this Holiday Inn. And uh, there was a couple of guys, some of our franchisees are bivocational pastors, actually. And they baptized this couple at the same time in the Holiday Inn swimming pool. And I'll never forget when they pulled them out of the water, we just started clapping. And we heard all this other clapping going on. And we look around the atrium, and and there was guests of the hotel who had stopped in their rooms all around the second, third, fourth floor, and they were clapping and cheering. So it was a really cool thing, and God blesses us with things like that from time to time.
2: Very cool. How powerful. And yeah. you never know what kind of influence that makes on others. All right. We've got a caller, Fran from Tyler, Texas.
0: Fran, welcome to the I Work For Him show.
2: Thank you. Hi, Todd. How are you today?
0: Hey, Fran. It's good, good to hear you.
1: Uh, I was just listening, and Randy and I both wanted to remind you what pride stands for, why you named it Office Pride.
0: Okay. All right. Personal
1: responsibility and daily effort.
0: That's right. You got it. <laughs> Personal responsibility and daily effort. Oh, I get it. P R I D E. Very yes. good. Yes. Uh-huh. Wow, Fran. Thanks for calling in and reminding Todd You're about welcome. that.
1: And y'all have a great day. All right. All Thank right. You. Thanks, Fran.
0: Yeah. All right. Personal responsibility and
1: in daily, effort. daily so, effort. So really, I got that from evangelist Cleveland McClary. You ever heard of him? I have not, but that's... Oh, fantastic evangelist, and he's, he's always uh, telling stories, and I picked up on that one time, and and, uh, and but I'd already named the business office pride, by the. thought, oh, that's so cool, because really, personal responsibility and daily effort, that's what we expect from our employees, that's what our customers expect from us, certainly our franchisees are good at delivering it, like Fran and Randy down in Tyler, and and... So one time later, I got thinking. Well, you know, I really ought to get his permission to use that. So we were having an outreach in Franklin, Indiana, and Clee McClary was our speaker, and uh, it was like a mayor's prayer breakfast type thing. And we had a prayer session over the night before at the Office Pride Building, just praying for people who were going to be guests. And and he's sitting there looking at Office Pride. He said, Man, Office Pride. I, I really like that name. And I go, Well, there's something I've been meaning to ask you. <laughs> and and I, I told him about personal responsibility and daily effort. I said, I hope you don't mind if I, I use that. And uh, he said, well, I'm just glad somebody's been listening to me. <laughs> that's <And> always <laughs> nice. So uh, that's where that came from, and it's been a, a great thing for
0: us to stand by all these years. Hmm. Let me ask you this question. So you've got, obviously, your franchisees got to hire employees, but you've got employees in your headquarters. Before you hire them, do they read the back of the business card? Do they read the website? Do, I mean, how do, how do you... Hire people to make sure that they're buying into your decision filters.
1: Well, I mean, we, we look for people who are committed to honesty, integrity, and hard work. So not uh, not everybody that our and that's really easy to find. Will yeah, will be a Christian, but they're committed to honesty, integrity, and hard work. And and they're they're good at their job. So when when we look to hire people, we want to make sure that people are good at their job and they can deliver on customer service. Because if they if they don't do that, actually could be a bad witness, mm-hmm. right? So we look for people who are qualified candidates to fill our positions, and and the culture's there, and uh, so people are attracted to that as well.
0: But that, that's a tough one. I mean, do you test for it, or I mean, you you find that out from their references? Because when you're interviewing somebody, you can't get through these yeah, decision filters. You can't ask all those. You questions can't ask you can't those questions. You get in trouble. That's you know, right. So, uh, well, no, you can get in trouble. It's okay to get in trouble. Yeah. But but how do you how do you find those people? What, what's your process for making sure that they really will live up on this? Is that re- references? Is that what you use, or what?
1: Well, we just uh, we give them a lot of hoops to jump through anybody who's applying for a job. So, first of all, that narrows the field down just to see who's persistent, who, who wants a job, who can do a good quality job. And then we just ask them questions, tell us about yourself. And, and we'll ask them about decisions they've made. You know, why did you leave your last job and things like that. And it just all starts to come out, and you kind of figure, uh, figure out pretty quickly, hey, who's going who's gonna to really fit in and, and represent us well and, and be that, that
0: brand value to the customer? What's been the biggest challenge in taking your faith public at Office Pride? Well I mean you've been the owner since the beginning, but what have been some of the biggest challenges of taking that faith public? Because I'm sure has anybody ever told you listen, Todd, you really can't talk about Jesus or your business is never gonna succeed. Anybody ever tell you that? Not really.
1: I think people like it. I I really do. I've I've never had any pushback. It just I believe it's a breath of fresh air. I think it, you know, people are, are happy to see it. And uh, they they jump on board quick. It's amazing, folks that will start talking about faith who never talked about their faith before. Mm-hmm. So I, I I really haven't found any challenges with it. You know, I think it's a good thing. I, I mean, well, it uh, is a good God, thing? God has really blessed the business, and and uh, He connects the dot. And you know, we look at certain things that could have happened. It could have gone the right way. Could have gone the wrong way. And, and all we gotta do is just try to respond to circumstances in a way that honor and glorifies God and we be a good witness to Him. The biggest challenge is that people will hold you to a higher standard Mm -hmm. if you ever start to talk about it. So, so we gotta make sure we we do good, right? Right. And that we represent Christ well. It's like if you put the uh, fish symbol on the back of your car, you don't need to be out there uh, flipping anybody off. (laughs) That's
2: right. I know that um, if I were looking for somebody to clean my office building or whatever, and I saw your business card, um, you know, knowing that those are really good things to be looking for, but looking for you to really follow through on them. Sure. And I think that seeing the consistency over time, that will really speak the most to people. But, you know, definitely if somebody's going to be let into my office building late at night, if they are a company that honors God, looking to work with integrity, uh, those are beautiful qualities, but then being able to test them and really know that it's it's what you stand for. Sure.
1: I mean, we have to hire people and recruit friends. Franchisees who have a, a history of good decision making and a verifiable past. Not based on what they say they're going to be in the future, but, but you know, do they have a verifiable past of making mm-hmm. good decisions and being good quality people? And those are the ones that will typically end up delivering good quality service and
0: how long does your franchise process take to get through?
1: For to somebody to become, somebody a to become an office
0: pride franchisee. It usually takes it, take about 60 days. Okay. Um, Starts, finish. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. As we come to the end of another, I work for him show picture this. If you will, the sun is shining and the clear blue ocean waves are passing by as the Royal Caribbean brilliance of the seas cruise ship sails between Tampa and Cozumel. You can almost smell the salt air Now, as we talk about our plans for the upcoming second annual cruise, your way to a better marriage retreat sponsored by I work for him. February 5th through the 9th, 2015 will be a time when you and your spouse can get away to invest in your marriage. No, No, No dishes to do, no sporting events to attend, no cell phones to answer, just a few days together in a beautiful environment with purposeful discussions on ways to make your marriage strong, as well as plenty of time for those private discussions and alone time built right into the agenda. Plan now to join us for this much-anticipated retreat. Find out all the details on our website, iWorkForHim.com. That's iWork, the number for himcom Or send me an email to jim at iWorkForHim.com. All right, on Thursday's iWorkForHim show, we'll continue our discussion on this week's theme, Taking Your Faith Public, and we've got Dan Shock on the show. Awesome. Dan Schock with Covenant Training and Development. He'll be joining us to talk about how God used adversity in Dan's life to help him take his faith public. Oh, that's powerful. He's got a powerful story. He really does. It it is powerful. I don't think people are ready to hear what he's going to say. He does not hold back any punches, that's for (laughs) sure. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.